0: You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Portisubs. And if
1: he plays the way he played the last game during the rest of the season, (laughs) look out for the Ravens (laughs) because all they're going to do is get better with him playing quarterback. We know they can play defense. And we knew the type of explosive quarterback he's been, his ability to run sometimes and make plays uh, running. But I watched him in the pocket at times, and he has some outstanding players now. So uh, this offense is going to get better. It's time for our weekly visit with the Hall of Famer John McClain From Sports Radio 610 Right now on Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q
0: And John McClain joins us now on the phone lines Kicking off hour number two of the show And John, thanks so much for your time We appreciate you as always You heard Herm Edwards right there He was on the show last night Talking about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens And how good they really can be in this new offense What have you seen for two weeks so far from Lamar And uh, and his new newfound offense that he's got
2: I picked the uh, Ravens to win the Super Bowl, and I did it just because I didn't see anybody else picking them, Q. And also, I think Lamar Jackson that he's got to stay healthy. He's most eleven games, I think, the last two years. He got that big contract. He's only won one playoff game. He needs to to prove uh, on the field in the playoffs to take the next step. And they are very determined. He's got a great coach in John Harbaugh. You know, they they beat the Texans 25 to nine, and he he didn't look real good. And um, and but they were able to win the game decisively. So that division is going to be tough. And you know, Nick Chubb going down for the year yeah. just hurts the Browns so much. Steelers got a great defense, but their offense is struggling. And then the Bengals. Right now, 0-2, and we see Joe Burrow on the sideline with his one leg his one leg over his knee is a thing to massage uh calf muscle, which obviously is causing him a problem, but that division right now is surprising because of its record, just like the NFC South, which is supposed to be the dregs like the a f c South, is a surprise because of its record with three unbeaten
0: teams. I'm glad you mentioned the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. I wanted to ask you about that calf injury. I know he wants to play. He had this calf injury in training camp. He played. He came back. He looked okay. Now he's got the calf injury again. If you're the Bengals, what do you do? You're sitting at 0-2. How long do you sit him and make sure that he's healthy before he comes back?
2: Well, first of all, um, if you, he's going to have to play with it. I don't think but R&R is going to help him and that would be an off season. Mm. You don't want it to be as bad as it was when he had to sit out a lot of time when he heard it in practice. And um, boy, if he's out, they're in trouble. Right now they're 0-2 and they're in trouble. Now Zach Taylor can say, well, two years ago we were 0-2 and we uh, ended up in the Super Bowl. But now... You know, if your quarterback, your main guy, can't plant, if he can't roll out when he has to, he's a pocket passer, but he has mobility when he needs it. But if that mobility could could make the injury worse, that's the last thing they need. So maybe they just need to drop back, set up, throw quick, get rid of the ball. But a thing like a calf muscle, it could call, it could it could be aggravated any time.
0: John McClain is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. I know you always say it's not about September and October. It's November, December, and now it's the first week in January as well. But so far through two weeks, what have you seen from the Miami Dolphins? Are they are they as legit as they look?
2: Well, they get them last year. They had the most, most prolific offense in the NFL with Tua Tonga Valoa throwing to Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, and they are again. The problem for the Dolphins, they – Tua has been hurt every year he's been in football, going back to Alabama. Can he stay healthy for the first time? If he can, he could be an MVP candidate, their legitimate Super Bowl contender, and think of the contract he would get next sure. offseason. And so there's so much riding on him. For them to win two road games to start the season, that means they only got six more games on the road. I believe four of their last five are in South Florida. So it's set up very well for them. Mike McDaniel, who began his career here with the Texans, is off to a great start, getting a lot of well-deserved recognition. But that offense is fun to watch.
0: It really is. And I'm glad you mentioned Mike McDaniel being there in Houston. What makes that guy go? He just seems like a different kind of coach, a different style, but it's fun. And the team looks like they're having fun. And obviously winning is definitely fun.
2: He looks like the kind of guy that probably got picked on when he was in school. <laughs> and he was very. He looks like a guy that probably should be teaching at like Harvard or Yale or MIT because everybody talks about how smart he was. When he was here on the staff of Gary Kubiak, and he uh, he and Kyle Shanahan became really good friends, and uh, nobody thought anything about him. He was quiet, just like now he's quiet he's got a great sense of humor, a very biting wit <laughs> and uh and people don't doubt how smart he is, but he won't look nearly as smart if Tua gets hurt. It is amazing. When you think about it, Q, how many great head coaches didn't have great quarterbacks? I can think of Joe Gibbs, who won three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks who have never been mentioned in the Hall of Fame. But if you look around, you know, Sean Payton had Drew Brees, great coach, won a Super Bowl. Well, now he's having clock management problems, just like his predecessor, Nathaniel Ackett, and he's 0-2. It's amazing the way that works, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it really is. That's a great point that you bring up, and that's why we have you on the show, the General, John McClain from Sports Radio 610 in Houston. What about the quarterback there in Houston? C.J. Stroud had a big game. Uh, The Texans weren't able to come up with a victory, but had a big game on Sunday. What have you seen from C.J.?
2: They got a lot of problems, but he is not one of them. That kid has been tremendous, and he is playing behind his second-left tackle, third-left guard, third center, third-right tackle. They said, well, they have four starters out in this game against the Colts. Well, three of those starters were back us before their starters got hurt, and they had to be elevated. He's been sacked, let's see, 11 times. That's on a pace for 93. Ooh. He's been hit 19 times. He does not have an interception. Nobody's dropped an interception. He does, makes great decisions. He, he's learning to throw the ball away, and he's very accurate. Most of the time, Q, he's got to take like a one- or two-step drop and ball's got to come out because their offensive line is getting obliterated. They can't run the ball because of the line. And they're hoping after the short-term IR is over four games, they'll get back their starting right tackle and their starting center and they're hoping to get left tackle Laramie Tunsell back for this next game at Jacksonville. He also missed. And their right guard, they... Traded for Shaq Mason, extended his contract without him playing. He's not playing well. So, Stroud is operating under extenuating circumstances, and he is doing a tremendous job. I have a column on sportsradio610.com today comparing his first two starts to Deshaun Watson's first two starts mm. in 2017.
0: John McClain is our guest here on Necessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. What about the other guys that were drafted really high as far as quarterbacks go? Bryce Young we saw on Monday Night Football. And Anthony Richardson, we've seen him a couple times get hurt, leave games in, in uh, the first two games of the season. But he looks like he's doing okay. What have you seen from those other quarterbacks?
2: Young went to to the Panthers, and they had the best record, and they traded up to get him with Chicago. So he's mm-hmm. playing for a better team. they've turned that team, almost the whole team, over to try to help him. And he's struggling, as most rookie quarterbacks do. Richardson ran for two touchdowns against the Texans. He got hit hard at the goal line on the second one. His head hit the ground. He stayed in a couple series, and then he was done. And he's still more of a runner than a passer, where Stroud is more of a passer and and not a runner, although he has to throw on the run a lot because of the protection. So after the first week, I would have ranked them Richardson, Stroud, and Young. And this week, I would say Stroud, Richardson, and Young.
0: There it is right there. What about Deshaun Watson? We saw Nick Chubb go down with the injury. He's out for the season. That's a huge blow to the Browns, as you mentioned. Deshaun Watson didn't look real comfortable, hasn't looked real comfortable in this this Browns offense. Can he bounce back and be the guy that they expected him to be when they traded for him?
2: I thought it would be so much better early in the season because – you know he got a mulligan last year. He was suspended for eleven games. Didn't play well. Well, he hadn't. He set out the 2021 season with the Texans till uh, they were they traded him to the Browns. In 2020, he was great. I mean, he was great. And but I haven't seen any of that since 2020. Kevin Stefanski's on the hot seat there. And right now, uh, he besides. You can tell he's feeling pressure. I never knew him to grab a player's face mask and get a 15-yard penalty here, much less twice and shove an official. He's going to get a fine. Well, I thought he would get a fine for that. But without Chubb, it's all on his shoulders. And I noticed in his interview he kept talking, I can take the criticism. You know, he kept talking about the criticism. Well, he's gotten a lot of it, but it hadn't been for what he did on the field. But he has got to come through big time without a premier running back. But he's got great defense under Jim Schwartz. The Browns are just kicking serious butt. But it's not often the defense, like Pittsburgh, scores two touchdowns to win a game. And that division, despite teams starting poorly, is still tough top to bottom.
0: Talking all things NFL with John McClain here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. The Chargers, they started out 0-2 so far. Uh, they've been in some track meets with two different teams, and they've come up on the wrong end of things. Uh, what is the outcome for the Chargers and, and Kellen Morris, the new O.C. there? Uh, is, is there any kind of uh, major concern right now with the Chargers?
2: I would think there is. They're 0-2, and they've they got a great offense. And they haven't turned the ball over, and they haven't won. Right And Kellen Moore, people thought Dallas, oh, my goodness, he's gone. The Cowboys are going to struggle with Mike McCarthy calling plays. And the Cowboys right now, to me, the two best teams in the NFL I've seen are San Francisco and Dallas. Mm. And uh, top to bottom, Miami would be right up there. But the Chargers have too much talent on both sides of the ball, and they have a great quarterback and we know Kellen Moore can call plays because we saw him do it with Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Brandon Staley's on the hot seat. Yeah, He's got to answer those questions every week. But I think that we will see the Chargers turn it around. I'm not saying they're going to beat the Chiefs and win the division or even make the playoffs. But they're, I think they're going to be close to being either 9-8 and eight or 8-9. Eight
0: and nine. What have you thought about the Philadelphia Eagles in the start they've gotten off to? They're 2-0 so far. It's not the best play that they've ever had, but they're 2-0, and and that's what matters.
2: Some teams that lose the Super Bowl have a hangover. A lot of people were picking them to go to the Super Bowl. No team other than New England has lost the Super Bowl and gone back since the 90s. Mm. And so that's why I didn't pick them to go to the Super Bowl. And I picked the Cowboys to win the division because it's always a new division champion in the NFC East. Yep. But you know they are unbeaten. Jalen Hurts is playing well, but they're they're not dominating the way they did at the end of last season. Maybe they will. The NFC East is a tough division, and uh, but uh, I think they'll still be one of the premier teams. But I don't think they're a Super Bowl team.
0: Speaking of the NFC East, John, what do you think about the Commanders and really the job that Eric Bieniemy's done with that offense there?
2: I think he's done a really good job with that offense, and they 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 had no business beating the Broncos. The Broncos should have beat them. Broncos mm-hmm. blew a lead, and then they hit that hail mary at the end, and they had the two point field pass. They would have forced overtime, but you know, Vietnamese trying to prove that. Yeah, Andy Reid ran the offense and called the plays, but I can do it too. He went into a situation. With Sam Howell having one start, Sam Howell has looked really good. And if he can continue to look good, they're going to win some games because they got multiple running backs and they got a great defensive line. So they're built for the NFC, a power team that can also throw it. But right now, I don't see them being any better than third.
0: Final question for you, John. Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. We heard a lot of hype that Justin Fields was going to break out and be that guy this year. Well, he has not so far. What do you think about Justin and really what's going on in Chicago right now?
2: He's not running the ball as
0: much as he did. Therefore, he's not as
2: effective. He's getting hit and sacked a lot. Um, He might be better off getting a new zip code next year, (laughs) let them start over with one of the young quarterbacks who are in what's going to be a deep draft and go somewhere – where he has more talent around him with a coach that knows how to utilize his talents. But uh, uh, I I don't feel sorry for any quarterback, but, man, he's under the gun in a big city there, and he hasn't responded. And the Bears, who looked just terrible last year, they've got their number one pick. They've got Carolina's number one pick. So if they want to start over with another quarterback, they're going to have a good chance to do it because they could have two top 10 or 15, 12 picks to move up if indeed they needed to.
0: Great stuff. As always, John, what are you working on that we should be on the lookout for?
2: I've got this column on sportsradio 610com where there's no paywall about Sean Watson and C.J. Stroud at this early juncture of their careers and how they compare. And right now, I'm working on one that's close to my heart. I came to the Houston Chronicle in 1976 when I was 24 to cover a hockey team, the Houston Arrows out of the World Hockey Association with Gordie Howe and his sons, Mark and Marty, They're having a 50-year reunion this weekend. I'll be there for all that, and I'm writing a column about my experiences that will be posted tomorrow, and I wouldn't trade those experiences in for anything.
0: I know you wouldn't, John. Fantastic stuff. Always love hearing the stories that you have to share. So thanks so much for your time. I always appreciate you. You know we'll be checking it out.
2: Q, it is always my pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thank you, my man. John McClain, Sports Radio 610. That is gold right there. And, man, anytime that John has a story that's really special and near and dear to his heart, it's even better. And all his stuff is, is great. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer for a reason. But I promise you, any time that he says he's got a piece that's near and dear to his heart, it could be about the 50-year reunion, the 50 reunion that he's talking about right now being at this week. It could be about being part of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. It could be a, a story that he puts out on Father's Day about his dad and what he means in sports and everything. There's some, there's some stories that John McClain writes and puts out there that you have to, and I mean have to, just embrace and soak in because it's fantastic work. So anytime he gives me those trigger words, uh, this is near and dear in my heart, please believe. I'm checking that out. So many thanks to John McClain from Sports Radio 610 uh, in Houston. Again, on Twitter, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. Coming up at 3.30, Lincoln Kennedy will join the show. We'll talk all things Raiders offensive line. But right now, we'd like to hear from you, Raider Nation. 702-365-9200. Let's go out to the phone lines. Talk to our guy. Quick, quick. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? You ball what to do? I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling.
3: So, uh, man, what a team to follow. We got Mariah Mills Jones on the internet we got a bunch of defensive guys who don't know where they're going with it. Coach don't know which side to, 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 to blame. Man, we got to get that O-line and D-line tightened up. I'm just disappointed that we did not go for better talent this offseason. For those linebackers, we went bargain bin in areas where you cannot go bargain bin at. I would have loved to spend a third round on, on my guy, Roquan, on your guy, our guy, yeah. Roquan, and not be messing around. I like Spillane. I like Diablo, but those are second-rate players, man. We all know that. Hey, much love to you, but I'll match you later.
0: Hey, man, great call, great call. And, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing about it, right? The, the Raiders, and that's why a lot of people weren't sure what the defense was going to look like because there was no big names gone after. Uh, man, when the Bears had Roquan out there and they were dangling him, I would have loved to see seen the Raiders make a move for him. I mean, I, I said that from the jump. I said that when he was coming out of Georgia. Like, man, if they could find a way to draft him, that'd be fantastic. Obviously, it didn't work out. Uh, he is a hell of a, a linebacker, sideline to sideline. But I will say, out of the moves that we've seen so far, I think Marcus Epps, I think he's been good. And I think Spillane's been good. And I think Diablo has done a, a pretty good job as well. Right now, crazy enough, the linebacker position has been a struggle and been a problem for quite a while for the Raiders. That's probably the one area of the defense that hasn't been a struggle so far this year. Can it be better? Absolutely. But that's the one area that I wouldn't focus in on right now. I would look at the, the, the defensive line first. Um, and obviously, I think that the Raiders could always use uh, more guys in the secondary, especially in that back end. And, you know, we'll see what happens. We talked to Vic Tafer earlier in the show, and I asked him if, you know, Trayvon Merrick with the club on his hand is, is healthy enough to be out there. And I thought that he made a few plays against Buffalo, and he was like, well, he's actually one of the better players. And it's just unfortunate because you want to see these guys have an opportunity to come up with a turnover. And I just feel like Trayvon Merrick with the club on his hand is not going to be able to come down with the ball, right? I mean, it's just it's, – it's, I respect him for being out there. And giving it everything he's got, you've got to give him a little bit of credit for that. But, man, if you're looking to create some turnovers, that one's going to be a tough pill to swallow. But, again, I do respect him for being out there. Let's go back out to the phone lines, talk to our guy, man, Juan the Smasher. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Juan? What's up, Q? What's going on? Man, I'm chilling, man. I got to – hey, before you get into your call, man, I got to come see you at the tattoo shop, man. I've been messing around. I got to come out there, man. (laughs) I got to get some love at that tattoo shop, brother.
4: Yes, sir. Hey, come time, anytime, Q. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, get I do. Tattoos,
4: get, yeah, get your Las Vegas Raiders set.
0: I got you, bro. All right, man. I, I'm going to make that happen, brother. I know I told you that last time I saw you, but I'm going to make that happen. Yeah, anytime, Q, you know, just get at me. You know, I got you. All I right, do. that's what's up. I ain't going to pull an Ari and fake on you. I got you. But uh, anyway, <laughs> what's on your mind, brother?
4: <laughs> nah, I'm right here at the dance Club. I'm just getting ready to uh, meet, up, meet up with uh, Mad Max. He's doing the autograph from 4 to 5.30, so... If anybody ready to you and is out here in Vegas, come get your autograph by Mad Max. Where's that uh, at again? Know, Sam's Club, out here by uh, Rainbow and Arroyo.
0: Oh, okay. Southwest. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. You want to go meet Mad Max Crosby, get an autograph from – hey, Juan, that's good looking out right there. It would have been awesome if yeah. someone had sent me the information so I could have talked about it on the radio, but that's another story. So, yeah, all right. Hey, good looking out, Juan. That's cool.
4: Yeah, yeah. I'm right here. I'm going to take some videos, some pics. I'll send you some uh, cute. Is and, Baby uh, Smasher out there with you? No, nah, I'm in. I'm in line right now. It's a big ass line, but I'm just waiting to, you know, get this football. My my Duke. I want to get this autograph from my brother.
0: Okay. All right. So no no baby no baby Smasher today.
4: Oh no nah, he, no nah, he he's gonna stay with mom because it's too hot out here.
0: Oh I heard that. I know that's right. All right. Well that's what's up, Wild. Well, I appreciate you, brother.
4: Yeah. Yes, sir. A hey, Q, Thank you for everything you do. And uh, At- let's go, Raiders. Even though we took that L, but it's all right. So we're gonna bounce back. Let's go, baby.
0: There he goes. That's my guy, Juan the Smasher. I had no idea. I wish somebody had told us. That's what we're here for. Sam's Club, apparently. Max Crosby signing autographs today. That would have been cool to know. I'm saying I'm repeating myself, so hopefully someone hears that. I don't know, like a PR person. Someone who's involved in uh, you know, getting the word out. That would have been fantastic information for us to have on the flagship of the Raiders that Mad Max Crosby is out in the community signing autographs on this Tuesday. So I don't know. That's just me. I'm not going to take it personal, but, you know, it would have been nice to let Raider Nation know what's going on with one of the favorite players on the team. Let's go back out to the phone lines, talk to our guy Stove. Stove, welcome to the show. What's on your mind?
5: Hey, Q, I got some big breaking news for you. All right. The Raiders are not going to win the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. All right let's get past that. But let's okay. get past that. Okay. We are, not, we are not one of the best ten teams in football. But okay. let, let's slow down a little bit. I know we live in this world – of of needing instant reaction and, and immediate overreaction. We've played two games so far this year. The defense looked excellent in game one of the second half. They gave up three points, and they won the game. Jimmy G came through and all that, but the defense played big. It was so disappointing watching the team take a step backwards against Buffalo. Let's slow the roll a little bit. Let's see how they do against Pittsburgh. If we come out and we beat Pittsburgh, well, then all of a sudden everybody's saying, oh, well, look what's going on now. The bottom line is this. Against the Broncos, which is one of two games we can look at, we made open field tackles. Trayvon Merrick, who is not perfect was playing very physical. And, and Bennett is a promising rookie, and Diablo was fantastic. So let's just slow down on, on burying the 2023 Raiders yet. We're through two games, and we do need to see how they play against Pittsburgh and then the Chargers, and then we'll have a bigger sample size here. The offensive line is a concern because Josh Jacobs was a key to us being competitive last year and if that doesn't change we're going to be in trouble but we are two games in Raider Nation slow your roll as Aaron Rodgers would say relax and let's let the games play out because we have made tremendous strides with bringing in new talent this year let's just let them develop
0: all right good stuff and yeah I mean kind of echoing what we said a few times I know I've said it multiple times it's only two games The good thing about it is there's 15 more to go, right? And I don't think anybody in the league, across the National Football League, maybe, maybe the Cowboys, maybe the Dolphins, are who they're going to be right now at this stage of the game, right? I mean, they're just just not. Every team is still developing. Like, I don't think that the Chargers are going to go 0-17. I don't think the Broncos are going to go 0-17. I don't think that they're going to lose every game at the end. I think that they're going to do, you know, uh, some good things and win some games. But – I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, you're, you're kind of preaching to the choir on that one. I, I'm, I've, I've really not overreacted to anything. I do know that there's a lot of work to still be done, but that's, like I said, that's uh, kind of par for the course when you're only two games into a regular season. But, I mean, hey, when you haven't seen any games for a while and you see a, a win and then you think that the team has an opportunity to go out there and make a statement, and, uh, you know, go out there and, and, and let everyone know that, hey, this is a team that you're going to have to pay attention to because they're going to win some games that you might not expect them to win. And then they lay an egg like they did on Sunday. It's, 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 it's kind of deflating. So I can see why Raider Nation would be upset. But I, I get what you're saying. Uh, you know, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. So uh, thank you so much for that call. Definitely appreciate you. Uh, we got one more text, and then we'll take a break. Uh, this was coming from El Paso Raider. Q and Ari, what's good? El Paso Raider here. We all, well, here we are. Said last week that the Raiders lay an egg every time they get a chance to make a statement. I had us losing this game, but not by getting ragdolled and disrespected the way we did. Team had no energy or answers. Same old Raiders. Graham needs to go. Same issues from last year continue. Middle of the field, still wide open. From now on, show me Raiders. That's El Paso Raider. And I think that Stove's last call, (laughs) I think Stove could say, hey, El Paso Raider, listen to my last call uh, to kind of respond to that as far as, uh, relax and let it see how it all plays out uh, before you start calling for everyone's jobs, this, that, and the other. So uh, thank you so much for that. I understand the frustrations. And, yeah, they did have an opportunity to make a statement. They just weren't able to get it done. Speaking of statements, 702-365-9200, call number nine is what I'm looking for right now. I got the ultimate Raiders hookup. You want to be in Allegiant Stadium on uh, Sunday, Sunday night, prime time action to see the Pittsburgh Steelers come to town. Uh, we got the ultimate Raiders hookup for you. Two tickets to the game. Uh, two field passes for you, and an autographed player jersey. We're not giving that out right now. We're trying to get you in to win that. We're going to hook you up with a qualifying prize, Raider merchandise, Raider image gift card, whatever the case may be, whatever's in our closet, we're going to get you that. Call number nine is what we're looking for. That gets you in to win the ultimate Raiders hookup, 702 702 365 9200. Lincoln Kennedy joins the show next. It's Reddish Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porter Subs. Make sure you check out Porter Subs' six foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made to order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game Day six foot trays serve 12 to 16 people so you can sit back and enjoy the game available at all Las Vegas area Port subs neighborhood sandwich shops order ahead at portasubs.com. yeah I mean it, we gotta watch the film I mean there's
5: a lot of things that you know you think you see and you watch the film it might be something different but um, yeah it was just it was simple little things you know that'll be our, our week this week we gotta get those little things right sure up those and uh, get ready for Pittsburgh man it's gonna be a, gonna be a quick week.
1: Raiders color analyst, Lincoln Kennedy, is live on Unnecessary Roughness right now on Raider Nation Radio.
0: Coming in, you hear Jimmy G talking about little mistakes got to get cleaned up this week. It's funny, that happens to be the theme of today's show. What do the Raiders need to work on the most? What do you think they need to clean up? this week to prepare for the Pittsburgh Steelers who have a really good defense that we saw in full display on Monday Night Football. Join us now on the phone lines is a man that was in the booth side-by-side side with Jason Horowitz on Sunday in Buffalo. That's the great Lincoln Kennedy. And Lincoln, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you. And what do you think that the Raiders need to really work on the most this week to kind of clean up in preparation for Pittsburgh?
6: Developing the ability to run out of one back in a spread formation. So whatever you have to do is bring in a receiver to help out with the safety or extra man in the box. Know this: Every team in the National Football League is going to recognize that number eight was last year's NFL rushing champion. And you've seen the first two weeks, uh, first two games, that those two teams are saying, "You know what? If you're going to beat us, you're going to, have to beat us through the air. You're not going to beat us by running the football or being balanced."
0: What have you seen from the offensive line? I mean, the very first play of the game, Greg Van Roten is in Josh Jacobs' lap because of Ed Oliver. What have you seen just from the the offensive line in general?
6: One thing: They're playing too high. I've never had, a, I've never had a, um, a, a liking to guards going from a two-point stance. The guys that you're playing over with, usually defensive tackles, bowling balls, as I, I like to call them, they're lower, so they're naturally lower. The reason why Van Roten got carried to the backfield and got you know, Josh Jacobs that, four, that four-yard loss on the first play of the game was because he was too high. He's already a tall man. You go out a two-point stance, if you're not coming off the ball, firing off the ball, you're being fired upon. And that's what happened to most of the uh, guards in this game by the defensive tackles of the Bills.
0: So is that the struggles, in your opinion, for the, the run game? Or is it a combination of Josh Jacobs is just not hitting the timing with the offensive line yet either? Well,
6: well here's the thing. Here's the best way to summarize. I'm not going to put it on one area. The fact that you don't have a solid blocking tight end means that you can't run stretch mm-hmm. plays or get to the outside. Okay. Mm -hmm. The fact is, if your guards are playing soft or getting pushed in the backfield, you don't have holes that you can open up between the tackles. So, where else are you going to run? Right. You see what I'm saying? When they brought in Zamir White in the fourth quarter before he fumbled, they were running the same plays they tried to give to Josh Jacobs. Why was it working this time? Because the Buffalo Pills weren't caring about number 35. They were worried about number eight. Right. And so, that's what's going to happen from here on out. Look. Josh Jacobs is definitely a capable you know, running back. We've seen that. We know that. This team is very capable. But what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to scheme for the fact that they're going to bring an extra man in the box every time they see Jacob Johnson and, and Mullen and, and on the line. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is you know, you're not going to throw to uh, Thayer Mufford. You're not going to throw to your, to your offensive tackle or your, your running back you don't really show signs of. So why should we pay attention to play action?
0: Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. Lincoln Kennedy's with us here on Red Nation Radio 920. And Lincoln, one of the things I keep saying is that this offense is built to be balanced, but with no run game, it can't be balanced. And especially with Jimmy G, he's not going to throw the ball around the yard 40 times and just win you the game like that. How critical is it to get that, that running game going?
6: Well, it is critical because it allows balance. Mm-hmm. You know, a running game is a quarterback's best friend, and there's a number of reasons why. Because not only will it soften the box – if, if you're if you, you know, able to run the football, it'll make it easier for you to throw uh, balls you know, over the back of the defense or maybe get one beyond the safety, so take some deep strikes. But it also opens up play action. When you're able to run the ball, the defense becomes sucked in and all the action in the backfield, which allows you to open up lanes right behind that linebackers and down between those safeties. You know, they, they, one thing sets up the other. That's why it's incredibly important to have balance.
0: What about Jacoby Myers? He wasn't there because of a concussion, and Hunter Renfro didn't get a target till late in the game. How much was that Raiders offense missing, Jacoby?
6: I, I, I would think it's a lot, mainly because Jacoby Myers knows this offense, the route running tree and everything else. Not to say that Devontae or other guys don't, but you know, here's the thing I've always said. It takes timing. It takes working with one another full speed. I think the reason, in my opinion, why Garoppolo and Myers had such a connection in the first game is because they're both familiar with the style of offense so one can depend on the other to be where they're supposed to be at the right time. This takes, I, this takes time with, with other guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. The thing is is that we haven't seen a consistent part of it, even when they try to open up the, run, the passing game, uh, you know, to these, to these weapons. As you mentioned, Hunter Renfro was targeted late in the game. You know, Hooper got a couple of catches, stuff like that, but it wasn't enough, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. No, it really wasn't. And it seems like two weeks now in a row, it's been really, you know, Devontae and Jacoby week one, Devontae and Josh Jacobs in the passing game week two, and that's it. It's not being spread around. How much does Jimmy G got to get comfortable with the rest of these guys and spread that ball around?
6: Well, I think that's what what comes with just playing with one another. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? The thing is, is that, um, you know, most coaches out there in the NFL, because they don't play their starters in preseason, want to use the first month of the season to get everybody kind of in order. But when you are running a gauntlet like the Raiders have, when you talk about the first four games, you know, you don't want to start out 0-4. That's not going to happen. But you sure to hell don't want to finish the month of 1-3. You <laughs> see what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially in this division where you're putting yourself behind the 8-ball. So you've got to find a way to create some balance. You've got to find a way to create some opportunities for other receivers to get involved in the offense. And more importantly, make them known, viable threats. You know, it's, it's one of those things where if you put it on film for defense, they'll, they'll have another thing to prepare for.
0: The great Lincoln Kennedy joins us here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So when your team gets punched in the mouth like the the Bills did to the Raiders on Sunday, how does the team respond? How do the the Raiders, how do they take that, learn from it, throw it away, and then come back this week?
6: Q, it's so early in the season, we don't know. Right. We don't know what we're going to see. That that, that ultimately is a problem. If you're going to take the first month to truly evaluate where you are as a team, where you are as a coaching staff, then you're going to take your willy-lump-lumps. And we're talking about a team the AFC, in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills, who many are projected to be in the Super Bowl. So that's your standard. You get thralled by one of those. You obviously know that you're not there yet. Yeah, sure, you beat the Broncos. What is that? Is that really a feather in your hat? No. Right. The Broncos haven't really beat anybody. So, you know, you, you really have to see how this goes, especially this next coming game against uh, Pittsburgh. If you watch anything of that Monday night game, you saw how their defense swarms around, how much a threat, you know, Watt is and all these other things that you have to prepare for. If you're not ready, you're gonna get hit in them out just like Cleveland did.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you, man, that that Steelers defense is no joke, right? They nope. make plays, they get they score points, they score touchdowns, right? So yes. they're they're a really good defense. How about the defense for the Raiders? Patrick Graham was in the booth now instead of on the sideline. How much does that change what he's able to see as a as a defensive play caller?
6: Well, you get to see more of the All-22, and you get a little bit more of a, 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 a better insight into what teams are doing as far as formation-wise when you're up high rather than being on the sideline. But I will say this about the defense. You know, they held on for as long as they could for, I mean, as much as they could for as long as they could. They eventually wore out in the second half because they were always in the field. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, it goes down, It comes down to this. You know, Max Crosby needs help. Yeah. You, you know, it's, it's, it's not like it's, Spillane needs help. It's not, you know what I'm saying? The thing is, Q, is that other guys are going to have to stand up. If you took anything from last night, you saw the focus that that Cleveland had on TJ Watt, but they had other guys that were making plays. Hightower's making plays on the back end, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, with sacks and stuff like that. Their defensive tackles were getting pushed. You're going to have to get more production out of your general defensive line altogether, aside from number 98.
0: Right, Buffalo decided he wasn't going to wreck the game, and nobody else stepped up, right? And Tyree Wilson is young. Uh, We all talked about him and his development. There was no push from the interior. Somebody, Lincoln, has got to step up, and I don't know who that guy could potentially be.
6: Well, I'm I'm right there with you, but they've got to find somebody. And more importantly, it's got to come from the guys that are in that locker room. You know, coaches can only do so much. Coaches coach, but players play. So if you want to take over a football game, like you saw the defensive tackles of the Bills did, their interior guys, then take it over. What's to stop you? But you go out there and do it. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's one of those things where I'm hoping for the benefit of this defense that it can stand up and be counted because the fact that they got exposed as much as they got exposed in the second half was sad because the offense couldn't pull their weight.
0: What have you seen so far from the rookie Jacorian and Bennett?
6: He's raw, but, again, he needs reps against premier talent. Mm-hmm. He, and, for example, that, that receiving core they played in Buffalo – is one of the premier cores in the National Football League. Yeah. You know, with Davis and Diggs and so on, you know, and their tight end KK. I mean, they've, they've, got, they've got everything there. So, you know, when you talk about the youngsters standing up and being playing, I want to see somebody make an impact like Nate Hobbs did when he first came in.
0: Yeah. His first they, year. Yeah. You know, he, they, played,
6: he, played, he played with a fire in his belly because he felt that he was rejected by dropping so far in the draft. I want to see that type of play out of these young guys.
0: Yeah, no, that's what they need. They need someone to make a play, and and Lincoln, we've talked about sacks and interceptions and turnovers, and so far no turnovers, right? They haven't created any through two weeks. I know they had a couple called back because of penalties, but at the end of the day, they've got to find a way to get their hands on some balls.
6: Well, that's it. you you also got to find who's that fire starter. You know, other than Max Crosby, when a team wants to take out one player, you saw it time and time again. You saw what they tried to do with, you know, T.J. Watt last night. You saw what they did with Max Crosby in Buffalo. That's what's going to happen. They're not going to be just like when they see number eight in the backfield and, and, and you've, got, you know, you've got your next tackle, Thayer Muffer, as you're tied in and your Jakob Johnson is your fullback. Teams know we're going to load the box right. because we know you're not going to throw the ball or you're less likely to throw the ball.
0: What about the speed of Trey Tucker, what he brought to the table on the one uh, you know, end of round that he had?
6: That was the first time, and I said this on the air, that I saw a jet sweep work. Mm-hmm. And when I went back and looked at the replay, the reason why it worked is, unlike any other time, all the defender's eyes, other than the man who was in motion with uh, Tucker when, when he started, um, everybody was looking at, at Jacobs on the backfield.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what he-
6: Everybody was paying attention to Jacobs. So, you know, when, when, when he got the jet sweep, you didn't see that defensive end come upfield. You saw him crash down on the inside, as well as a person I think it was a safety that was, or a corner that was outside
0: of him. Well, now it's on film, so now they're going to be paying attention to it, right? to. Gonna... Well, yeah, I mean,
6: that's what, you, that's what you give, but at the same point, you've got to figure out a way to create some action off of that to where you can fool people. Mm-hmm. Just know this, when anybody sees number eight in the backfield, they are going to focus on him.
0: Right. No, I know, I, I know that's right, especially after the season he had last year, and yep. there's got to be a way that the Raiders find a way to get him going. I mean, without him, without the success of the run game, Lincoln, I just don't see this offense scoring more than 17, 18 points a game.
6: I see them having trouble doing that. I mean, look, you know, Devontae Adams is a tremendous talent, but there are going to be teams that are going to bracket him as well, take him out of the equation. So then Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to be near perfect with his throws or creative with how they find ways to get him open. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and sooner or later, defenses are going to focus on that because they're looking for number 17. They're looking for number eight. Why? Because those those were the two biggest playmakers for the Raiders one
0: season ago. Lincoln Kennedy is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Lincoln, we'll close out with this, and we'll focus in on Pittsburgh on Thursday when we okay. talk to you. But I wanted to ask you about what's going on in Colorado with Coach Prime and the Buffaloes, and I know you pay attention to the Pac-12, and mm-hmm. oh, by the way, they're playing some really good ball, uh, even sure. though there's a conference they're not really going to be a conference after this. What have you thought about the job that Coach Prime has done so far?
6: You know, knowing Dion from my days of playing with him at Atlanta, I always knew that he had an electrifying personality. And, and and a magnetic, if you will, personality—one that would that would you know attract the best. And, and when he got into college, what he did at Jackson State spoke volumes of his personality and the draw that he creates. And he duplicated that at, at Colorado, turning over that roster. You know, I will say this. Last week's game last, against Colorado State was probably the most sloppiest, you know, um, um, as far as uh, unofficiated, uh, type of, well, over-officiated to some degree. But, you know, they couldn't control the players and stuff like that. Um, lack of control, but probably one of the most electrifying games college games I've seen in my entire life because uh, you, you couldn't draw away. It was back and forth. You know, Deion has created a euphoria around that program that has not been seen for quite some time. I think it's good for college football because I think you get you get tired and spoiled with the same old faces, same old critiques, and same old you know sort of blase blah, blah. And it's different. So you know, I was telling a friend uh, earlier today when we were talking about it. I said he's almost like LeBron. You either hate him or you love him. Yep. And I t- trust me when I tell you my travels this past weekend and watching that game and hearing the people react when I was watching it at you know bars or restaurants. It was it was just like that. People cheered when he got you know. Colorado State did well, and people booed when, you know, uh, and other times when uh, he didn't do as well as he could. So it was both sides.
0: Yeah, it really is. And I'm like you, Lincoln. I could not keep my eyes off of yeah, it. I was out Saturday night. I was glued to that game, celebrating like I went to Colorado. Story. <laughs> so great stuff, Lincoln. It's great to catch up with you, man. We'll talk to you again on Thursday. All right, brother. Be well. Talk to you soon. All right, you too, my man. There he goes. Lincoln Kennedy, the great Lincoln Kennedy with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And I promise you, Raider Nation, when I say I was celebrating like I went to Colorado on Saturday night, me, the wife, Mickey, Mary, we were out watching uh, the games. We went out, and had a little food to eat, got a couple cold beverages, and we were watching this game, and there was this cat that was trying to like low-key Pull for Colorado State in front of us, even though someone that he was sitting right next to was pulling for Colorado. So every time, no joke, just what Lincoln said, every time Colorado State did something good, he kind of low-key and kind of side-eyed us and was like, uh, oh, what do you think now? And so every time, like he didn't know who was in the building. He didn't know my loud ass was in the building. Every time Colorado did something, I'm sitting there, boom! what now say something and he heard me everyone in the whole casino heard me but he acted like he didn't hear me right i mean i was celebrating like i i thought i was mike pritchard for a minute like i went to colorado right and that was my school i was celebrating like there was no tomorrow and man when uh when colorado won that game me and mickey we start seawalking we start we are acting like we were 22 or something man we out there dancing in the club and we weren't even in the club but we were having a good old time so uh dion has made everyone get fired up watching. That. And I'll tell you, we were all pulling for Colorado, except for the ones that weren't, right? But all eyes are on Colorado no matter what they do. All eyes are on them. Shador Sanders is a hell of a quarterback. He gives them a chance. There's a lot of lot of good going on there in Colorado, and I'm happy for Dion and that program. Let's get one quick call in before we take a break. Let's go out to the Bay Area. Let's talk to our guy, ABA Ivan Davis. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, what's happening, Q? Thanks Gentleman. for my call. Yes, sir. And so uh, what I think they should focus on is I'm going to talk about uh, the head coach, me and another guy. It was because we looked at one of the formations, like it was a Josh Jacobs run. They had 11 in the box, one single high safety or 10 in the box. I think something like that, but one, one single high safety. And they still handed off the ball. It's not the play call that I'm, that I'm crying about is you have to give the quarterbacks, an option to audible out. I don't care if they do got Jacob Johnson uh, out there. Split him out wide. You got to get them people out of that box. And you know, then that jet sweep accomplished that. But still, I mean, whoever the re- eligible receivers are, split them out. Enforce mm-hmm. that, enforce uh, that uh, wide receiving, court. I mean, uh, the defense to, to spread out and cover somebody. And and also you got to, uh, that's where Hunter Renfro comes in. I have no idea why they're not playing him. You want a threat, you want a triple team, uh Devontae Adams, then that means Renfro's running free. Somebody's gotta be sacrificed. I mean this is one-on-one football. It's not even hard. All right. Okay, and so to put I'm putting all this right now never mind the defensive coordinator. Yeah, he's on the hot seat, but I, but ju- but the head coach to me is more
0: on the hot seat.
1: Thanks a lot to you. Go Raiders.
0: I appreciate the call, my man. And, yeah, I mean, there's, there's got to be matchups, right? I mean, if, if there's an overload in one area and not an overload in the other area, you got to be able to exploit it. And, look, to Coach McDaniel's credit, I asked him about Hunter on Monday straight up. It was something I did a whole podcast about Hunter Renfro. And then I asked him on Monday and said, you know, how disappointed are you that he hasn't got going? And he said straight up he was disappointed with the whole offense, you know, not being able to take advantage of their opportunities. And then he admitted that, you know, there was times that, Hunter Renfro should have got the ball on Sunday, and he didn't get the ball. So that's also, you know, Jimmy recognizing Hunter being wide open, right? Just like he missed Devontae a couple times, especially week one against Denver, he missed Hunter a couple times as well where he was streaking wide open, could have had some big plays. You saw the one he had late in the game, but that's got to come sooner rather than later. So we'll see what happens. But thanks for the call. I do appreciate you. 3.48 is the time. We'll come back, close out hour number two of the show. It's Radio 920.
1: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness. With your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio.
0: Just got a couple minutes left in hour number two of the show. We do have Travis Foster, Shadow Ridge head football coach, coming up at 4 He's a Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week award recipient. So uh, we have plenty of time for open lines, your calls, your texts. We got you. Plus, we'll get to some sounds from defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, also offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi. But let's go out to the phone lines real quick, talk to a very patient, passionate Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, dude? What's
3: up Q? Hey Chilling, man. man, today's 14 years married for me and my wife today, man.
0: Nice.
3: But another thing is I've been married to the Raiders now for 40 years, Q. <laughs> so you know what a marriage, you know in a marriage, you know you get your hot and cold moments right now, man, and I'm just cold right now with my team, man. I'm cold with these guys. And it Lincoln hit it on the head, man, with with what they're doing with Josh, it's so easy, but it's got to be fixable, and we got to get these guys to play their parts, Q. I all I don't know what it's going to take because Lincoln stole my fire, man. He said everything I wanted to say, now I can't even rebuttal off of it, man. But I just want that fire and that passion to come back that I can have for this team again because it's not good right now, Q. And, and even though people's panicking and saying it's only week two, this, this, I, I get all that. I do. I get all that. But this is another year of the Raiders where it's starting off the same. And it's like how can you train yourself? to try to tell yourself that, oh, it's only week two. If it would have been a little lost, you know, where we played competitive and lost at the end by a field goal or something, but just to go out and get manhandled like that, there is room for concern. There is, there is a lot of worry and concern when you see your quarterback missing key players that's been there for the past three, four years, making big plays and can't find them. I mean, Jacoby is hurt. I mean, the only person he really threw to first game was Jacoby because I think Denver took Adams away. So a lot of things there is to be worried about. And all I can ask for, Q, is to bring that fire back, bring that passing back, Raiders. Bring it back, boys, because Sunday night we're at home, at home, and you know there's going to be some terrible towels flying in the frickin' Raiders' stadium, and we don't want it. Keep them down. Keep the towels
0: down, Q. There he goes, passionate Raider right there, fired up. We're up against it, my man. Totally understand. And the one thing I'll say, the Raiders always lay an egg at least once a year, so at least maybe they got that egg out of their way. Hour number three is on the way. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.